Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ABC History Podcast. My name is Skylar, your beloved host, after coming back from a long break. Today's episode, we are with the letter H. H as in Henry VIII and Hatshepsut. We'll get to her in a little bit, but let's talk with about Henry. Henry VIII, he was the King of England from 1509 to his death in 1547. He was born June 28, 1491, and was the third child, or the second son, to Henry VII, who was the first Tudor king after Richard III, and Elizabeth of York. There were about six or seven siblings to Henry, but only Henry and Arthur, Margaret, and Mary survive infancy. Henry did a lot of military things, so he was very much a strong, he did javeling, he did a lot of jousting as well. Since Arthur was the heir, that was all Henry could really do, and was set to be king of England after Henry VII. Arthur married Catherine of Aragon, and only 20 weeks into the marriage, Arthur all of a sudden died at the age of 15. Henry was then soon placed to be the seat of the heir and was betrothed to Catherine. But there is a section in the Bible that says that, well, you can't marry your brother's widow if marriage was conceived, and she was a widow. Her father, Ferdinand, made her ambassador to England so that she couldn't leave England, and she married Henry anyway. And after Henry succeeded to the throne in April 22nd, 1509, the marriage between them took place only a couple of months after. But the weird thing about Henry is his beheadings. He famously beheaded six, well, two of his wives. He had six wives. But the whole beheading thing started when two unpopular ministers, Sir Richard, Epson and Edmund Dudley was executed in 1510, with more in 1513. Henry and Catherine conceived a child which soon had become stillborn. It was a girl. Four months later, Catherine was pregnant yet again. New Year's Day, a boy, a baby boy named Henry was born, the heir that Henry always wanted. But soon he died after seven weeks. Then came two more stillborn sons after that, with the only child that lived past infancy was Mary Tudor, or better known as Bloody Mary. And Henry had a lot of mistresses, he had a son with one of his mistresses, but he died before the Second Succession Act was, was enabled by Parliament, stating that any, any son or child whom was born out of wedlock could get to the throne, which included his other two children, his two daughters. And he wasn't very patient or happy about her not producing an heir that he wanted, so he became intrigued with Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn was a Protestant, and Catherine of Aragon was Catholic, so it was not a very good one. And she actually became part of the Queen's entourage. He had decided to annul the marriage with Catherine to marry Anne Boleyn to start the English Reformation, which created the Church of England, whom is of the Anglican 
sort. Catherine was banished from the court and removed from her apartments and was divorced. 24 years they were married. Anne and Henry went through a secret wedding ceremony and she got pregnant. Then it turned into a second wedding in London and she became queen consort on June 1st, 1533. Then she gave birth to a daughter on the 7th of September, 1533, named Elizabeth Tudor in honor of Elizabeth York. Again, he was not very happy with this daughter he came about, and uh, he didn't like her. And she had false pregnancies and a lot of miscarriages. Henry saw betrayal. That's all he saw. So he talked about leaving Catherine and had an affair, and they were annoyed. Rebels were annoyed, so he executed 200 people and was pregnant. The day after Catherine's death, which is exciting, later the king was badly injured and his life was in danger. This was because of a jousting accident, by the way, just to let you know. And the news was brought to Anne. We all know that's not a good thing to do. And she miscarried a son who was 15 weeks gestation. This was the beginning of the end for Anne Boleyn. And she was accused of adultery, witchcraft, conspiracy. Jane Seymour, who was also a part of the Queen's entourage, moved into the new quarters after the whole that accusation happened. And George Boleyn being refused to the Order of the Guard was her downfall. Anne Boleyn was executed on Tower Green, May 19, 1536. Jane Seymour was engaged to Henry the day of the execution. They were married 10 days later. The good news about wife number three was she provided a son, Edward VI, on October 12th, 1537. Birth was very difficult and she died on the 24th of October, 1537. Thomas Cromwell was then in search of another wife for Henry. We're almost on, we're on wife number four now. And we came across Anne of Cleves. She was in Germany. She was a Protestant. She was a Lutheran. And they painted a portrait. Cromwell showed him the portrait. And Henry was swooning over her. And he's like, bring her in. I want to bury her at once. As soon as she came in person, though, he went. And she looks like a horse. That's not good. The marriage was never consummated, and it lasted about six months. And then she was betrothed to the Duke of Lorraine's son, which worked for the annulment. Cromwell was executed. And Catherine Howard, at the ripe old age of 17, was married to Henry VIII. Now, fun fact about Catherine Howard, she's actually a cousin of Anne Boleyn. You remember wife number two that got chopped with a sword, by the way, and she had an affair with Thomas Culpepper and Francis Derham. Henry didn't believe the accusations, but believed that Derham confessed. Catherine pleaded that she was forced to. Culpepper, Derham, and Catherine were executed February 13th, 1542. He tried to eliminate the threat to Scotland with James V, so he, de he defeated the Scots with the help of Charles and James. 
and he wanted to unite the Scottish and English throne by marrying Edward and Mary Stuart, but that didn't work out because of the Scottish Parliament. This campaign left England bankrupt. July 1543, he married Catherine Parr. She helped Henry reconcile with his daughters, Mary and Elizabeth, and the Third Succession Act was put. Mary and Elizabeth were now in the line of succession behind Edward. Henry became a little obese and he suffered a lot from gout due to the handsome Tudor diet of meat and no veggies. And this came along with the jousting accident of the gout came with the jousting accident in 1536, so that didn't help either. He might have also had some brain drama, so that didn't help matters with the whole chopping people's heads off kind of thing. And well, he died at the age of 55 on the 28th of January, 1547. He was buried next to his third wife, Jane Seymour, his one true love. He was a tyrant later in life due to his change in nature in 1536. His son took over until he was about 15, and then he, he died, he kicked the bucket. Then it was Lady Jane Grey, which wow, was a little weird. She lasted for about nine days, and then Mary Tudor because she executed Jane Grey. And then, after Mary died, it was Elizabeth Tudor. She was the longest reigning monarch until our other, until Victoria and Queen Elizabeth II. And Elizabeth Tudor died, ending the Tudor era. Well, that was a little depressing. A lot of beddings. You know, the whole shindig. But let's move on. Who's Hatshepsut? It seems like no one's really heard of this pharaoh, but I'll give you a bit of a rundown about her. There's nothing really weird about her, it's just she was the queen or the pharaoh, the power behind the throne. She was pharaoh of Egypt with her nephew, stepson, Tutmose III from about 1479 BC to about 1458 BC. She was the only daughter of Tutmose I and his great royal wife, Queen Amos. And if she were a boy, she would have succeeded her father. Well, unfortunately, she was a girl. That didn't happen because, you know, eh. So, she was also the fifth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty that ended with King Tut. Genetically. Then there were two more at the end. We can look at that a bit more later on, if possible. She was relatively connected with the old dynasty of the 17th dynasty as her mother was actually a queen from the previous dynasty. And she, unfortunately, she had to marry her half-brother, Thutmose II, who became the fourth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty with Hatshepsut by his side. As a great royal wife and the queen of Egypt, she and Thutmose had to produce a male heir. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. She produced a wonderful daughter named Neferure, and no son. And after her daughter, she could not bear any more children. So Tamos II had other wives. This was perfectly legal, by the way. Not, not like Henry with the mistresses and cheating on his wife. This was perfectly legal. This was a way to basically combine them and help them produce the male heir and all of that. Kind of weird. It's a little weird, especially for nowadays. So, one of his secondary wives produced his heir, Tutmos III, 
Woohoo! And really, the reign of Thutmose II was Chachepsut. She was the real power behind the throne due to him being so sickly. Thutmose II died after 10 years of his reign, leaving Hatshepsut widowed in Egypt without a pharaoh. Thutmose left a young heir, that Thutmose III that we were talking about earlier, and he was named Pharaoh of Egypt roughly at the age of three. So Hatshepsut became the pharaoh's regent. And it was disputed how long she was pharaoh regent until she actually took the throne as pharaoh. So she could have easily taken power in like 1512 BC or as late as 1479 due to how the BC works. She took the name Pharaoh Makara and she did a lot with her time as pharaoh. She helped reestablish trading networks, which was disrupted during the high coast occupation of Egypt during the second intermediate period. And this built the wealth of the 18th dynasty. She oversaw the mission of the land of Punt. This expedition was roughly during the ninth year of her reign. And she brought tons of goods to Egypt, such as frankincense and mirth. The mirth trees were used for her mortuary temple complex. And she would grind the charred frankincense into coal liner, which we depict modern people seeing ancient Egyptians wear, or better known as ancient eyeliner. Weird fact. Many Egyptologists have claimed that her foreign policy was mainly peaceful, but it was possible she led military campaigns against Nubia and Canaan. Hatshepsut was one of the most prolific builders in Egyptian history commissioning hundreds of construction projects through both Upper and Lower Egypt, her buildings that were more grand and numerous of those in her Middle Kingdom predecessors. She had a building called Karnak's Red Chapel, and this was intended to be a, a shrine and it originally may have stood between her two obelisks, or big pillar thingies. It was lined with carved stones depicting significant events in Hatshepsut's life. Hatshepsut's masterpiece of building projects was her mortuary temple. It was built on Deho Bahari and was designed to implement by Senemut at a site on the west bank of the Nile, or better known as the Land of the Dead. Near the entrance of what is now known as the Valley of the Kings, because all the pharaohs who later chose their complexes with the grandeur of hers, her buildings were the first grand ones planned for that location. Now, the reason why. She was famed for being a female pharaoh because it was rare back then for a woman being a pharaoh, but women in ancient Egypt relatively had higher status than any of the other ancient societies, and they had the legal right to own, inherit, or will property. She had been well trained in her duties as the daughter of the pharaoh. During her reign, she held the high office as a god's wife. She was taken a strong role in her husband's administration and was well experienced in the administration by the time she became pharaoh. No indications of challenge to her leadership until her death. Her co-regent Thutmose III remained in a secondary role, quietly heading her powerful army which would have given him the power to overthrow her and take back his throne. But he didn't until her death. Now, they were very powerful together. They had the ability to rule Egypt, and she tried to legitimize her throne by changing the inscriptions 
Instead of having Thutmose II, her brother husband, take the throne, it stated that her father wanted her to take the throne on the will of Amun. She unfortunately died in her 22nd year as pharaoh. Her precise date was year 22 to Peret day 10 of her reign or January 16th, 1458 BC, give or take due to ancient sources. And on that day, Thutmose III became pharaoh. And with her mummy being found in 2007, it stated that she suffered from diabetes, died from bone cancer, which had spread through her body while she was in her 50s. It is suggested that she had arthritis and bad teeth. She did so much, and toward the end of Thutmose III's reign, he tried to remove her from history due to the fact that his heir, Amenhotep II, was quite young, and he did not want a royal woman in the house to take advantage of that. And so he defaced her. He defaced all of her monuments, minus her mortuary temple, and that was the ancient way of removing people from history. And this also changed the policy of the God's Wife of Amun, where Amun, where the God's Wives of Amun couldn't take over as Pharaoh. They couldn't take over as regents, just so that they can have that. But there was a theory that she was murdered by Tutmos III. This was then really proven false by Egyptologists, saying that chronologically that would not fit. Her bloodline was so impeccable that as she was the daughter, sister, and wife of a king, her rise to power was notable, as it was required to her to utilize her bloodline, her education, and her understanding of religion. She succeeded and gave Egypt the golden age that the new kingdom is known for. She is one of those few female pharaohs and another one in the same dynasty, but different time period in religious times. So in really conclusion, Henry VIII was crazy. He was crazy with his wives and he decided, oh yeah, let's just behead someone if they don't agree. Well, that's great. And then Hatshepsut, she changed her country for the better. These two, king, pharaoh, queen, they changed their countries, either for the worse, Henry VIII, or for the better, like Hatshepsut. Thank you all for listening to me ramble and talk. The next episode will be the letter I.